You're listening to The Search Bar. This is Jacob. And this is Adrian. And we are back to round out season four. This is episode six. Today's topic, common conversion barriers and how to fix them. Because what is the use of getting organic traffic or any other kind of traffic to your site if they're not going to purchase? Yeah. There's, I, I know that I've said this before sometime in the past on this podcast, but SEO is like optimizing the billboards on the side of the road and to get people to pull off at the next exit to come to your store. But if your store is not clean, not organized, not easy to shop, not comfortable to shop, that's a mm. conversion barrier. So we're going to talk about some ways to fix these barriers once you get people on your website. How can we get them to convert, be that buying something, uh, giving us their contact information, uh, requesting a quote, whatever. So, Man, a not clean store. I don't yeah. even want to think about it. But we <laughs> see those websites all the time. So. Exactly. So let's talk about a couple of common conversion barriers that everyone seems to run into in one form or another. Mm-hmm. First and most obvious one, their products are too expensive or their mm-hmm. service is too expensive. Um, Not always a deterrent if you're trying to be like the um, the expensive option. Sure. But if you are selling the same thing that everybody else is at $50 markup, mm-hmm. then you might want to rethink yeah. how the, you're approaching it. The standard business practice is that you either have uh, product differentiation or price leadership, mm-hmm. and you usually don't have both. Mm-hmm. And so if you're in a product differentiation category, then you can warrant the price influx. Yeah. Um, but if you are selling the same thing everyone else is selling, but there is no other discernible um, benefit, why are you so much more expensive? So that's that's a common one that we run into. And it could be that you're priced very competitively for what you offer or the, or the quality of your products that you sell, but maybe you're not targeting the right customers. Maybe it's not evident that your products are a little bit higher scale mm-hmm. or a little bit more luxury, so to speak, mm-hmm. and they warrant that higher price point. Why so, they should put that in the content. Exactly. <laughs> so then you might need to take a step back and figure out if you're targeting the right kind of customers sure. who have the disposable income to purchase what you're looking for. Good call. So Yeah, another one is a lack of trust signals. Um, so I like to look at a website and tell, ask myself, would I be comfortable putting my credit card information in here? Mm-hmm. And if the answer is no, then you know we might need to work together to build up those trust signals so that other people feel comfortable buying something. Mm-hmm. Um, that might be the credit card symbols at the uh, bottom in the footer, uh, making sure that your SSL is, well, active for one, but also making sure that people can access it and see that it is active. Um, and for those listening that might forget what that stands for, it's a secure sockets layer certificate required for businesses that are going to be taking your credit card information to make sure that there's no risk of that information being stolen, compromised, that sort of thing. Get that nice that nice HTTPS Correct. Uh, address. Um, an active social media presence is also an indication that you are a real business and that you're not just... A dummy website floating around or that you've closed but you haven't closed your website yet or mm-hmm. we call that social proof mm-hmm. uh, that you're a real person and then also reviews um, if you have natural looking reviews if also if you're using user generated content in your social media profiles that's also a great indication that you're engaged with your audience and that you're a real business so get those trust signals 
So another thing that obviously uh, can come into play is maybe your shipping is really, really pricey mm -hmm. or the rates are unfavorable for what somebody's buying. Um, we've talked before about how free shipping isn't a differentiator. It's almost expected, especially mm -hmm. in e-commerce. But if you can't afford that, uh, do you have favorable flat shipping rates that apply? Mm -hmm. Or if I come and I just need to buy a $5 thing from your website and shipping's $8.99, there's a disconnect there. And I'm likely not to purchase from you because I right. expect there to be an adjustment made for, for what's in my shopping cart. So shipping rates uh, definitely can be a barrier there. Absolutely. And oh my gosh, you have to figure that out because those people already have all of those things in their cart. Right. Like that is not the time to lose right. them. You've gotten them all the way to the finish line and then they, they and get cold feet. Yep. Um, so also watch out for having walls of content with no clear calls to action. You are wanting to lead your customer on a journey through your website, whether they are just browsing via your main navigation or if they're going through your homepage or if they land on a blog post and they want to buy a product that you've talked about there. Mm -hmm. Just make sure that you give people the ability to get to where they're trying to go mm -hmm. easily. And so you might be saying, well, how do I get them to where they want to go? Don't worry. <laughs> We're about to go over some common, oh. some ways to fix common oh, conversion barriers. We have this planned out like we're looking at an outline oh, right my in front goodness. of us. So those are a couple common conversion barriers. Let's talk about how to fix them. So going back to too expensive. Uh, if your pricing is too expensive, you need to take a hard look at pricing versus uh, your competition, maybe the cost per unit and how much you're marking that up. And then we also need to take a, a hard look at what is our differentiating factor on the website. If we're selling something that almost everyone else is selling, do we have any kind of benefit or, uh, or differentiation in, this, in the service and the experience that we have uh, to warrant that kind of high price? Mm -hmm. Or are we targeting the wrong customers? Mm -hmm. um, obviously, uh, this seems a little bit too simple, but run a sale. See if all mm -hmm. of a sudden you get uh, you get orders you know, through the roof, then it might be very clear that pricing is your issue yeah. and you need to go back and consider changing that. Sure. Uh, going back to those trust signals, um, make sure you're active on social media. And we're not saying like post your products all the time, but engage with your audience, ask them questions about things that they like, wish them a happy 4th of July if sure. they live in the United States. Um, also uh, be asking for reviews, um, those are just such a great natural way to build trust in your products and your brand. Mm -hmm. And then just be honest. Um, if, like if something whack happens, own up to it. Like for example, uh, Kendra Scott, if they have an outage, they will like immediately put up a coupon um, and be like, hey, sorry about that. Here's 5% off or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, now, we're not saying do exactly that, but, you know, if something goes wrong um, and somebody complains about it, you can be like, hey, you know, you're right. Sorry about that. Here's how we can fix it. Yeah. Something and this like this kind of goes back to the, the idea that social media has become an arm of customer service. Mm -hmm. And so if you're active there and you're interacting with your, your customers and responding to complaints and, and responding to reviews, which we mentioned in the last episode, good or bad, you're building that trust so that they know that you're paying attention to these types of things. Mm -hmm. um, if your shipping is pricey or you have really unfavorable rates, step back and consider whether or not you can offer free shipping. You can test it out just like you could test out a sale. 
um, see if that garners a lot of interest over the course of maybe a weekend or 24 hours, but also make sure you have flat rates, um, run test uh, transactions to make sure that those things are, are calculating correctly. A lot of websites are gonna use active shipping rates that adjust depending on the weight of your, your package and where it's shipping from. Mm -hmm. So you need to make sure that those are consistent so that A, you don't lose money and B, people aren't paying more than they should. Absolutely. And then make sure you're segmenting your content for those uh, walls of content with no calls to action in there. Just focus on what people need in order to get someone to convert. Um, buttons to things yeah. and links. And One thing that's really common in the e-commerce side of things is, you know, you might have a description of the product and then you have a separate tab that deals with product specifications or a separate tab that deals with extended information on warranties and this sort of thing. Or you might link to associated products or you might have a blog post that's applicable to it and you link to that as well. So you're not hiding any of the content. It's all still there, but you're just giving them the essential stuff that they need right then and there to make a decision on whether or not they're going to convert. Absolutely. So let's talk about less common yeah. things, but still barriers to conversions. Sure. Um, so complicated checkout is definitely one, especially in the world of mobile mm -hmm. where, you know, more and more checkouts are happening on phones. Mm -hmm. um, you definitely want to be nice and simple and clean when it comes to there. Um, and also, I still see sites that force you to create an account when you check out. And maybe it's just because I work in e-commerce, but on principle, I do not sign up for an account no, when I check I. out. Um, maybe I'll go back later. Um, I forget which, I think it was Sticker Mule. They were like, hey, come back and create an account later with us and you get this. And I was mm -hmm. like, oh, okay, cool. Um, but... But if somebody tries to force me to create an account when I'm checking out, I abandon that card and I go somewhere mm -hmm. else. And you should keep it to <laughs> just the information that you need to finish the transaction. So obviously mm -hmm. you need addresses for shipping, you need an email yeah. for confirmation, a phone number to back that up. Do we really need to know, uh, you know your preferred, uh, your preferred uh, pronoun? Do we really mm -hmm. need to know... Uh, the name you know, of your firstborn yeah, child. Do we really need to know your mobile and your home and mm -hmm. your work phone numbers or just one, all of these sorts of things that just clutter and convolute it. And some people aren't comfortable giving you that kind of yeah. information. Um, and uh, I just lost uh, that, what I was about to say to add on to that. But basically, keep it down to the bare essentials in order to get them checked out and moving along. But you mentioned the, you know, I don't sign up for uh, accounts. I mean, nowadays, with the way that uh, computers and mobile phones can save credit card information, um, it's really not that big of a deal for me to check out as a guest and then just start punching in a credit card and realize it's one that I've saved on my phone in the past. So Good point. you're not creating so much of a hurdle to allow people to check out anonymously with a guest uh, checkout setup. That's so. a good point. Um, another less common conversion area is an unpleasant mobile experience. Mm -hmm. um, maybe you've got pixelated images that might look uh, great on one display and not on another, or your pages aren't responsive at all and the text starts running off the screen because it's not designed to, uh, uh, to adjust depending on screen size. People do not want to pinch and zoom. No, no so pinching annoying. and zooming, no tiny buttons that look great on your desktop mm. that aren't uh, accessible, uh, the fat thumb thing that uh, yes. I run into a lot. Um, or for me, I have tiny hands, and so phones keep getting bigger, so I can't, I can't one-handed pinch and zoom anymore. Mm -hmm. So if you're not responsive, 
I'm out of there. And that just gets into the the other issues. Maybe you don't even have a mobile version of your site at all. Uh, search engines are prioritizing websites that have uh, an experience that um, is consistent across any kind of device. Mm -hmm. And by prioritize, I mean they're more likely to show up in search engine results because we know that they're going to have a good user experience no matter the device. Absolutely. If you don't have a mobile site at all, mm -hmm. you're very much less likely to appear in those search results, which can eke into your desktop search results as well. Yep. So that is a, a conversion issue if you keep saying, oh, well, all of our clients, they only shop on desktop. That might be true, but you never know when that could uh, you know, particularly change. Hey, you know, I had a client who thought that, and we showed him, like, hey, well, yeah. you've got a whole bunch of mobile traffic and the conversion rate is below 1%. He was like, fine. We talked him into it. It took two years. Um, within one month, their mobile conversions paid for their design. Yeah. It was incredible. I have a client right now, they sell pressure washer parts and their website is mobile responsive, mm -hmm. but they've filled a lot of their important landing pages with custom made images that are not coded oh. to resize, to uh -huh. stretch or to shrink depending. Uh, and so when you look at these important landing pages on a phone, uh, they don't respond. Mm -hmm. And they actually have basically 50% of all of their traffic is mobile, which you wouldn't think in the pressure washer part industry. Sure. But it happens, and um, it has the lowest conversion rate. Mm -hmm. And so I've tried to convince him, you know, we need to restructure these pages to make sure that all the pages are within responsive coding so that we can improve this conversion rate. It's been a little bit difficult because they, you know, they always go back to the. But I have so many people that go shop this way. It's like, well, things are changing, you know. And you know what? Even if they buy on desktop, it doesn't mean that they're not browsing on their phone. Sure. So sure. don't discount mobile just because people tend to purchase on desktop. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's talk about how to fix these less common but still drastic conversion barriers. Mm -hmm. um, the first one being if you have a complicated checkout, then streamline it. So uh, have somebody who has not seen your website before, a friend or a family member, um, have them go through the checkout process and tell you what it is they like and what it is they don't like. Um, one thing that I forgot to mention in regards to that is mm -hmm. make sure that the fields that do need to be filled out are, uh, they don't require any specific formatting. Like there's sometimes when you fill something out and it requires your phone number, some places say we need this without dashes mm -hmm. and other places say we need your area code in parentheses with dashes on the other ones. Ugh. If you do need specific formatting, build out that field so that it automatically adjusts yep. instead of sending an error back to the customer because they say that is my phone number, but then they realize you want it with dashes. Small so little irritants like that that can really bug somebody. Absolutely. Or, you know, don't, uh, if there's a CAPTCHA code mm -hmm. uh, and it says you must use capital letters, make sure it's you're removing all the barriers that could be in place for somebody to, to finish that checkout. Absolutely, which is why you should try it in multiple ways yourself. Yeah. Um, try to make the same mistakes that a customer might make and anticipate their needs. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have an unpleasant mobile experience, it's about time you jump on the mobile responsive bandwagon. <laughs> mobile Geddon was 2015, y'all. Yeah. Like, let's go. And let's let's clarify, when we say mobile responsive, we do mean the same version of your website rendering on different devices. Yeah. 
there are circumstances where you can probably still get by with a mobile version, which is mobile friendly, but you're likely not showing the same important information, the calls to action, the graphics, these sorts of things are likely not uh, the same experience that you would find on desktop. So mobile responsive should be the first foremost priority on that one. Absolutely. And then one that we forgot, uh, a, a less common conversion error, maybe there's no simple way to contact the company if they experience checkout issues or they just simply can't find your information. Don't hide it. From the checkout page. Right. So have your phone number in the footer so that all they have to do is scroll down mm -hmm. um, or your email or your social profiles or however the customer wants to contact you. Um, make sure that they can contact you when they have that issue and not make them run around for your contact mm -hmm. info. And usually, this is a small thing, I personally prefer if they have an on-site contact form, mm -hmm. if they have a button that tries to pull up an email client, Oh, uh, yeah, but those... it doesn't pull up one that I use. Uh -huh. So maybe it auto defaults to, you know, I use Gmail, but it auto defaults to something else. Like, well, I don't have an account there. It tries yep. to put, put up like Microsoft Outlook, for mm -hmm. example. That's a barrier. So make sure that you have very simple, easy ways to contact people. Absolutely. Or for people to contact you, rather. And obviously mm -hmm. hire some people to run those initiatives, those customer service initiatives to figure all of that out for you. You bet. So that was kind of a quick breeze through common conversion issues. Let's do a too long, didn't listen. Uh, first and foremost, some common issues for conversion. Your products are too expensive. Uh, you maybe lack some of those trust signals like credit card symbols, an SSL certificate, active social media presence. Your shipping is very pricey and you have walls of content on your website with no clear call to action, whether that be shop here or send us your email address or whatever. Uh, and then you can fix these common ones by just doing some uh, pricing research around your uh, products. Make sure you're being active on social, getting reviews, just being honest in general. Offer free shipping or flat rates because that's just expected nowadays. Mm -hmm. And then make sure you're segmenting your content and just give people the necessities, but also give them the options to go deeper if they want to. Mm -hmm. Um, some less common conversion issues, you have a complicated checkout, maybe you're forcing people to create accounts, uh, you have weird formatting for entering uh, phone numbers or CAPTCHAs at the bottom of the screen that require capital letters, whatever it might be. Um, there's also maybe an unpleasant mobile experience uh, where people have to pinch and zoom and that sort of thing, or uh, your pages aren't responding appropriately on mobile and text runs off the screen, that sort of thing. And then also you're being too uh, guarded with your contact information so that if there is an issue at checkout, people can't get in touch with you. So fix these by making sure you're streamlining your checkout, running past a few trust, trusted friends and family. Um, make sure that your site is mobile responsive. Um, but if you can't do that, then at least have something that functions on mobile so that there is no pinching and zooming. And uh, hire some people to be your customer service reps because that goes a long way in creating repeat buyers. Absolutely. And that finishes off season four, episode six. That finishes off the entire season of the search bar. And this is also my last episode on the search bar. No. <laughs> I'll just have to talk to myself. Absolutely. Or maybe you can have me call in and I'll do it. <laughs> I'll do it from, from my future job. Perfect. It's, it's been a pleasure, Adrian. Thank you so much for all your help with this. I hope to hear the search bar continue on mm. in some form or another in the future. Uh, I've been Jacob King. 
I'm still Adrian Boynton. Uh, thanks so much, guys. Bye.